Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we do a listener request from Mother. Nailed it. With me to discuss all things Hamster Dance, Robin Hood, and Earthbound is my good friend Craig. Hi, how are you? Uh, in case you, uh, we cut that out, uh, in the green room, uh, Craig was humming the Robin Hood song, and then I, he informed me it was the Hamster Dance song, and I didn't know that, so if you don't know that the Robin Hood song is the Hamster Dance song, there you go, now you know as well. Now moving on to what's left on the agenda, we have Earthbound. So, first off, Earthbound was a request from Ian. It was. Now, unless I mistake all things named Ian, this is also the Ian that requested Castlevania Symphony of the Night, right? Yes. Yes, it is the same Ian. Okay. So, we'll see how his track record is at the end of this show. Uh, so, for Ian, Craig, why don't you read the stats? Well, I was going to say, let's get down to business. What about buzzness? Buzz, buzzness. But you have buzz and then ness. You just pooed all over my joke. Well, don't be such a Jeff. <laughs> Paula. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so Earthbound, yes, I know, uh, developed by Ape and Hal, uh, published by Nintendo, directed by Shigasato Itoi, uh, produced by that person, plus uh, some no-name people, Satoru Iwata and Tsunuki Ishihara, designed by, I was being sarcastic when I said no-name people. Blips on the radar of history. Yeah, just, just small, yeah, small drops in an ocean of Nintendo. Um... Uh, designed by Akihiko Miura, programmed by, the, I mean, Satoru Iwata, whoever that is, and Kuji Malta, and then arted by Kuchi Uyama, written by Shigatsu Itoi, uh, music composed by Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka, and it's part uh, of the Mother series. What? It is, it is. Um, uh, you did pretty good with the names there. You're, Thank you. You mildly butchered them. Um... The important people of note are, of course, Shigesate Itoi, and Hip Tanaka, and Satoru Iwata. Those guys are like blips in the radar, like we said. Um, <laughs> first off, let, let's talk about, do you actually know who Shigesate Itoi is? Are you asking me or the audience? I could ask the pizza box that I'm looking at, but he won't answer. So, yes, you, Dink. <laughs> no, it's the only person that I, I literally, I've got no idea. I looked at his Wikipedia page and I was just like, all right then. There's like Mother and Monopoly. And that was about, <laughs> that was about all well, I could so see. So it turns out he's Rich Uncle Pennybags. He's the Monopoly man. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, that's the thing. He's like one of these weird guys that's not, well, he's not weird. He's not like a Yoko Taro. Uh, he's uh-huh. a guy who's weirdly famous with video game people, but for not the reason that he's famous in his home country kind of thing. Okay. Uh, in his home country, he's kind of like um, a renaissance man. He's a writer. 
He, he like essays, store copy, slogans, things like that. Does a lot of writing stuff. Um, I only know him because of Earthbound. And okay. that's pretty much what most people know him for in the West. Now he's a little more famous just because of, you know, Mother 1, 2, and 3. Uh, but, yeah. And I think that guy, just that one singular guy, is what sets this apart from most other SNES RPGs. Uh, the guy has a lot of fingers in this game's writing. And you can tell. Um, you, of course, know who Iwata is. And then uh, Hip Tanaka is he's up there with like Koji Kondo in terms of doing soundtracks that you are intimately familiar with. The guy's yeah. done like a buttload of work. Um, Earthbound is a little different because a lot of the music is swiped. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. There's a lot of influence from a lot of recognizable Western songs in Earthbound, in case you didn't notice. Uh, you, did you happen you to me? pick up any? Yeah. Craig, whenever I ask a question, uh -huh. it's going to be directed to you, buddy. But That's you never know. This works. It yes, could I do. be a rhetorical, rhetorical question. It could be a question for the audience, or it could be. There's three different types of questions. It could be a question for yourself. You know, um, someone could have walked in the room while you're recording, and you're asking them a question. It's not just me. Oh, yes, you know, should... Kelsey, me and Kelsey, big conversations about hip Tanaka. Yeah, you know, that, that's always around the table. Uh, however, anyway, what, if you what want to play a good joke, oh no, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice. Like, I, I really liked the music, but I didn't, unless it was subconsciously, didn't pick up on any any connections. Unless you suddenly say, "Well, the song that plays when you're in the desert is actually that, you know, Elvis song." You know, um... uh, there's a lot of influence specifically from the Beatles. Um, okay. Uh, there's um, a, like. Um, they that weirdly just what i i'm not familiar with the beatles back catalog because i absolutely hate them I, like i hate the beatles uh, first off how can you hate ringo the poor guy he barely knows what's going on you can't hate the guy <laughs> um i i don't love the beatles either but this was a huge point of contention when uh, at least fans speculated this was the problem when they wanted to re-release things. Because there are bits of this soundtrack that are just literally the opening parts of a song taken from a Beatles oh, song. Okay, okay. And then, you know, bit crushed to it so it sounds a little bit different. But yeah, uh, that was a big deal in terms of Nintendo re-releasing it. Turns out... It's not a huge deal, because I haven't heard of Paul McCartney suing Nintendo, so I'm guessing not. Anyway, Craig, what is your vast and myriad history with Earthbound? Uh, um, like, a massive history with Earthbound. The Mother series in general, um, the three games, grew mm -hmm. up with them, um, really, really fond of them. No. No, no, uh, no history whatsoever. I hadn't actually even heard of it until Ian mentioned it one day in the past. Wait, and I was really? like, really? Yeah. Like, I had I'd no idea. Okay, I had no idea. And then I told you, which I'll just, I'll put on air on the record. But I always wondered who Ness was from Super Smash Brothers because it was just a kid in a baseball cap running about with a baseball bat. And I had no idea. I had no idea. Much like Captain Falcon, I had no idea where he came from. <laughs> Craig, you hurt my heart. You really do. 
I wasn't a Nintendo. Like I never had any Nintendo things. I and right the way through to like GameCube was the first thing I had proper, and that was like a Super Monkey Ball machine. So like I As just it should I, be. I wasn't a Nintendo kid. I wasn't familiar with other than the big ones. I think I played uh, the Super Mario All Stars. Played through a few of the games on that on a SNES at my cousin's house, and that's pretty. That's pretty much it. Goldeneye well, on, I, I on guess, an N64 um, that was borrowed. Well, well, and, well that's rare. Uh, not Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I guess no, I'm more I mean, surprised because you're more internet savvy than I am. Like, like internet culture-wise. And the fact that you've never run into Earthbound because the internet puts this up on a pedestal and just worships it day and night. As you saw when you went to Starman.net. Uh-huh. Um I'm just surprised you haven't run into that subsection of the internet and been like, yeah. okay, what the hell is Earthbound? I've seen many, many disturbing things on the internet, but never this. Okay, that, 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 that's fair. Um, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I was lucky enough to get this from a store pretty cheap. Uh, I mean, I don't remember the exact price, but it wasn't certainly retail price. Uh, I got it. I played it. I read through the strategy guide, which is pretty cool, and stopped. Prob- I want to say I stopped at uh, Threed, and it just never clicked with me. And it was one of those things where I wish I knew how expensive it was, because I sold it to GameStop for what's arguably a ridiculously obscene low amount of money. And then I kind of forgot about it. Like, like it was just, oh, it's Earthbound. Oh, hey, he showed up in Smash Brothers. Oh, that's cool, I guess. Uh, I, I, like I said, you're you're way more familiar with internet culture. I I never really knew Earthbound love was a thing until I hit YouTube, and then it was all of these people talking about how amazing Earthbound is, and I'm like, oh, that game I really didn't like. Oh, okay, I'll give it another shot, I guess. And then got it again and played it to roughly the same point. It just it never clicked for me. So I don't understand why people like this game. So going into this, I did have a chip on my shoulder of like, look guys, it's not that good. I mean, I played Chrono Trigger before I played Earthbound and Chrono Trigger to me is what Earthbound is to other people, I guess. So yeah, going into this, it was a little tricky because it's like, okay, try to wipe everything from your brain and approach this fresh. Uh, Good news, I have finished it. So thank you, Ian, for forcing me to finish something I should have finished a good 20 years ago. Does does Chrono Trigger not have a similar subset of people anyway as well? Like, it's got a up in a pedestal, this is the game to behold. Yes, it does. Not quite as frothing at the mouth as Earthbound people are. Like, some of the things the Starman.net people did, which, let me state right now, they are incredibly nice, incredibly welcoming people. But they're bonkers. Um, <laughs> it is just an NES, or SNES game. Ooh, it was an NES game first. Um, but yeah, Chrono Trigger has that kind of love, just not more in the, this is historically important. By golly, everything should be compared to Chrono Trigger. Not necessarily the let's send a forty pound dossier of how much we love this game to Nintendo. That that's that step above. Um, yeah. 
And I think that's where I start to run into the, the problems with Earthbound. But we will talk them over as we get to them. Uh, yeah. The long the long tail Earthbound had. Um, uh, Smash Brothers kind of reinvigorated people when it came to Earthbound. Uh, once Ness showed up in Smash Brothers 64, it was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's Earthbound. And then, you know, Lucas comes in at a later game. I want to say it was Brawl. I think it was Brawl. Lucas showed up, which is from Mother 3. And then, again, that reinvigorated everything enough to where people started bugging Nintendo enough to go, hey, please re-release this on the Wii U, which is where I played it. Um, Nintendo said, yeah, about that, and instead released the unreleased Mother game before Earthbound, which is weird because... Did you look into the NES game at all, Craig? No. No, I didn't. Okay, so here it's called uh, Earthbound Beginnings. It was called Mother... Full stop over there. Um, it's almost a remake. Earthbound is almost a remake of uh, Earthbound Beginnings. Uh, you do a lot of the same stuff. You visit what's arguably the same places. It's kind of weird to play after playing Earthbound. Um, I finished that. And then I wanted to shoot myself because it was an NES RPG. And those things are, are just... <laughs> oh, they're brutal. But I never, and I still can't really say that I have a lot of interest in playing Mother 3. Uh, what about you, Craig? Uh, I, I would have a vague interest. Like, I'm, I kind of want to play Chrono Trigger now that you've mentioned it. Like, crap, I keep on meaning to play Chrono Trigger. I think I've started it like three or four times and I just, something distracts me. Um, but I would, I would play Mother 3. I, it might be fun to do both for the show eventually. Yeah. Do Chrono Trigger and Mother. Because Chrono Trigger is like the epitome of the Final Fantasy Dragon Quest yeah. style of JRPG. And Earthbound is like the weird other. So like you're, you're like put in the same categories like Lufia uh -huh. and Arista's Ring. And I think that it's was the, the name of it. It's the other cat. It's the other category. Other. Because you said other. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Other. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, moving past that. Can I finish the stats? Joke? Can, can I, will I finish the stats? No. Oh. You know oh, what? Okay. If people don't know what year Earthbound came out, <laughs> by golly, you probably should, should check it out. Uh, it, it is Earthbound. It, it, it's incredibly famous. Um, yeah. okay. So, first off, a little bit of admin... Ian asked us to play a specific um, hack of Earthbound. Mm -hmm. uh, I, being what we call in the business an old fuddy-duddy, decided <laughs> not to. Uh, Craig, you, however, did play it. Uh, you want to explain that hack? I did. So I played the Maternal Bound Redux, which is it's a revamped version of another hack called Maternal Bound, which is a remade version of Earthbound and uh, completely not to like it I'd, as far as the internet and as far as I can see from Google, like YouTube and videos of the original it changes an, an absolute mammoth amount so there's not just it doesn't just fix maybe we minor glitches or bugs or things like that you've got new sprites on overworld you know like on enemy sprites they now if they turn you see them turning and their sprite turns and we you know things like that it's got a it's uh, modified controls it's got a run button it's got if you go into your pockets or your your inventory 
and you select baseball bat, you can equip it from there rather than going specifically into the equip menu. Lots and lots and lots of wee things that just kind of polished it and brought it up to kind of... It shaves a lot of the sharp edges off of this. Yeah, like, I don't know how I would feel if I'd played the original original because reading things like typos and wee bugs and glitches and a slightly clunk like that run button was a a, a godsend a run button you could because i i spent the last maybe quarter of the game running away from enemies I was, i'd leveled up enough i was just like i'm gonna run through this area which was great um, and i can't hold it against ian because he specifically said don't um but i don't feel it's fair to judge a game on somebody taking it and fixing it I, I, I like to judge a game on its base because the remix, let's say, is not mm-hmm. what people fell in love with. The base game is what people fell in love with and why they started saying fuzzy pickles to each other. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> um, the old game is difficult, and I don't mean in the, uh, the gameplay itself is difficult. It's about as hard to get into as an old Dragon Quest is, and those things at this point are archaic they are like pushing the menu button to open it up to click stairs to go downstairs Ooh, that will drain all fun you feel out of a game super quick nowadays uh craig is this your first super nintendo rpg that you've played to completion uh i think so i think it is yeah because i'm trying to think uh, it's definitely the oldest we've done for the show it is. Um, it's one of the only SNES games that I've played all the way through to the end. You know, like it's probably, I've probably only completed maybe single digits or maybe 10 SNES games in their entirety. So it must be. Well, and then it holds a place of honour. It for does. That all right. So how, how do we want to crack into this? Because this has to be a one episode jam. Yep. Uh, just because we're jamming it into the schedule as as fast as we can. Um, first off, how long did it take you to beat? Uh, probably. Well, that's a really good question. What about like real lifetime? Oh, um, about a week. So a week's gaming for me is maybe uh, twenty five to thirty hours. Maybe maybe slightly more than that. Uh, mine took a little bit longer because I started to get frustrated with the game towards the end. So I was like at a week and a couple of days, but it's not a huge investment. Yeah. This isn't something you're going to be sinking 60 hours into on a regular. Oh, no, 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 no. It it was like 20 and I, we, we took it slow. So we, you know, like Amelie just roamed about the place talking to people. You know, I spent a good chunk of time in between sessions playing with her just over-leveling the character to make the combat slightly less nippy for her. and You know, like, wee things like yeah. that. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, let's say they say 30 hours, maybe 35. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say you're right. Yeah, somewhere, like, I, I've seen you can get through this way quicker than we did if you know what you're doing. Okay. But oh, God. I, I, <laughs> what? It's, it's, it suffered from that between finishing it one night and starting it the next night. We're like, where the, where the hell are we going? What were we doing? <laughs> um, I, I played through with the walkthrough on starman.net. 
Uh, normally, I wouldn't use a walkthrough for a first playthrough of a game, but I figure, okay, this is probably the only time I'm going to play this game. Let me use the walkthrough from people that absolutely adore this game. And following their walkthrough was a pretty good experience with their walkthrough. They didn't so much make this a bullet-pointed list, but they had, you know, like the, hey, points of interest. Maybe you should talk to this guy because he oh, says something nice. funny. Or Yeah, it, it was a very nice, it was almost like a guided tour of yeah. Earthbound. See- that that sounds a lot a lot of what I hate a critical path walkthrough like you just go from there straight run through this entire area because you don't need to talk to him you must miss out on so much of the game so many wee interactions and talking to even folk that just turn around and say what you do what you doing here you should be in this other town <laughs> or, oh yeah I, right. yeah I, I like either the guided tour approach or the incredibly minimalist well let us say you're playing an adventure game and the only thing for this area is make sure you pick up the pipe. Okay, that's uh-huh. fine. I can I can play the rest at my leisure. Yeah. Um, all right. So into the game itself, uh, when you first boot it up, um, it asks you to name things before you are aware of their relevance. Yes. Which I kind of like, kind of don't like. I like naming like what's your favorite food because that becomes an item that specially heals you or yeah. uh, the name of your psi attack. Oh, 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 really quick. Spoilers are kind of off, kind of on. Before we get to like spoilery stuff in the story, we will give a warning. But yeah, yeah, pretty much everything is game because this is so old. And if you wanted to know about Earthbound, come on, you've had enough chances. Uh, anyway, so it has you name all your party members. Uh, we're not a huge fan of that when a game does that because then you know exactly who your party members are going forward. There's no surprise of like, oh, hey, I get Paula. It's, oh, okay. I know I'm going to get a little girl in a pink dress named Paula. Um, do you know, Do you know? see, when we named people, I got worried because we named it my entire family. So. Oh, really? Yeah, Ness got renamed to Reese. Uh, you know, Paula was Amelie, or and so on and so forth. The dog, I was, or Lottie was Pooh. The dog was Laura. All this kind of stuff. Um, but and when you see Ness, the sprite, and you can type a custom name, or those pre-filled names, it cycles round them. And I, honestly, I am not joking. You're just going to hold your head in your hands here. But I saw Ness was one of the options, and I went, Ah, oh, that's the guy from Super Smash Brothers. That's cute. <laughs> So by that point, I hadn't even put two and two together. Oh, uh, okay. And then what I worried about is I forgot who I named what. So when it came time to record, I'm like thinking, okay, who the hell was Amelie? Amelie was Paula. Who got me with Jeff? Me. Oh, yeah. well, well, if it helps any, Craig, you are by far, I think, the most useful party member. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so after you're done naming everything, you get you get a knock on your door from arguably the biggest piece of shit in the world. <laughs> um, and you go check out a meteor, and you're off. Like, like, right away, I think this game hooks you pretty good with what's going on. Um, I do want to talk about some stuff, uh, especially you playing with your daughter. Did playing in modern day, well, what was modern day, do anything for you? What do you mean? 
Like, like, do you prefer playing in modern day to like a Final Fantasy or a Chrono Trigger? Oh, or right, no, I, I much, I like, I really, I really liked it. I really prefer like a modern or futuristic, or I lean towards sci-fi and stuff. So, yeah. modern day, you know, like a, a meteor crashing and you know, lots of spooky, weird things. That's right up my street. I, so, I latched onto it pretty hard. Okay, um, uh, same for your daughter? Yeah. Oh, she she was in love with it. Absolutely in love with it. I, I don't know if she would have liked it as much. I'll maybe try with Chrono Trigger, but I don't know if she would have thought she'd really liked the cuteness of it and talking, you know, like nipping into shops and talking to people and wee things. She was playing it a lot like um, Stardew Valley or The Sims or something, you know, like just a general casual uh-huh. lovely thing. And that, it just worked. The whole thing is set up and works a treat for that. So did um, did she actually care about the story, or was this just a oh hey cool it's 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 a weird game in old modern day? Uh, she didn't really she didn't acknowledge that it was an older game because it's, it's a lot of games that you play these days are you know like sixteen bit games anyway. Yeah, it's not yeah. like so it wasn't so much that she didn't really care about the story too much, and something happened today which solidified you know, her attitude to this, and she's a big um, anime My Hero Academia type person, and I showed her the trailer for My Hero Justice 2, or whatever, you know, the My Hero Academia fighting game, or brawling game. Uh, And she was watching it, and she was like, yeah, this looks cool, this looks cool. And then it cut to a bit where you could customise all their t-shirts and clothes, and she was like, I really want this now, at the point where (laughs) she figured out... You could totally just customize the characters, so she likes the social side and the customized. Like when she customized my PGA golfer, she love absolutely loves doing stuff like that. Um, okay, so it wasn't like she clicked with the RPG nature of it. She clicked with the uh, the battle system. It was just the the aesthetics of it. She yeah, really enjoyed. But battles were auto battles ninety percent of the time. If she kept on failing, she would go into manual battle. But the auto battle system seemed to work for the most part because I was keeping the levels up. It seemed to work for the most part. Um, but yeah, she she just said she said, "Where am I going?" And I'm like, "Well, you need to go to Tucson and you need to talk to such and such." And she, I would just watch her for like an hour talking to everybody and having a laugh and giggling and then you know getting on the bus and going somewhere else and she loved it and then she'd talk to the person and she'd be like right where am I going next and I'm like well now you need to go here and do this and that's okay so you were pretty much the walkthrough for her yeah yeah I was paying attention to what people were saying and remembering where to go (laughs) okay that's fair enough um I guess now is as good a time as any to talk about the battle system Mm mm-hmm um, so once you get into a battle, you have to get out your little paleontology brush, brush mm-hmm. off the battle system, blow the rest of the dust off of it, and then try your damnedest not to go into a coma. Um, yeah. Which I guess would be arguably apropos of this game. Uh, I think this the battle system is what kills this game for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm the exact same. I think afterwards my immediate thought was... I wish this was just some sort of lovely adventure story game and there was just no battle system. <laughs> like, it would work really... It's really super cute. <laughs> and then you've got this fushty battle system over it. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It, it is... It is uh, it's pretty much the battle system from NES Dragon Quest games. Um, 
you don't see your characters, which which really hinders me. Like for that click, like I really don't like just seeing non animated sprites yeah. on a psychedelic background. To me, that takes out all the joy of it because. Like, with Final Fantasy or whatever, I'm talking just the older ones, you get the, oh, hey, look at this cool spell effect. Oh, hey, look at him swing that weapon. You, you have stuff that's cool aesthetically to see. After you see, like, your special Psy attack once, and it yeah. does those little weird hexagon attacks uh-huh. and stuff, and you, ah, hey, that's cool. Oh, I only have, like, four. Um, You see the same attacks played out thousands of times over the course of this game and you don't even have cool uh animations for things like the multi-bottle rockets which there's nothing (laughs) yeah it's just oh he blinked yes (laughs) um this is arguably no matter how i feel about the rest of the game this is arguably the worst part of the game is the battle system it it drains fun actively away from whatever enjoyment you're getting out of the world the music the, the writing it's just it just sucks it all up. Um, and and there's the weird thing, too, because even for when this came out, it was archaic. Um, things had moved past this point, and I don't know whether to chalk this up to, well, it was a guy making it who's sort of nostalgic for old Dragon Quest at the time, or Nintendo didn't really do RPGs, and they're just like, yeah, I don't know, make it like Dragon Quest. Um, there are a few things that this game did that were leagues ahead of its time but they didn't catch on uh like for example the rolling hp counter super yeah. cool yeah really cool yeah. idea in theory how often did that actually matter to you uh, never really um we things that i think i really liked that actually you know i thought that's great uh, were things, and I don't know if this was in the original game, and I made a note to ask. So one thing that struck me as being quite forward-thinking and vaguely modern was if you're in a shop and you buy a new weapon and you decide to equip it, at that point it will auto-sell the previous weapon if you want. So it, you buy a weapon, you equip the weapon, it asks you if you want to sell the old weapon, you sell the old... Yes! I thought, that's fantastic. That's like a tiny wee fantastic thing that a lot of games, even nowadays, don't do. You, you know, it's like trudging through inventory management and stuff, whereas this had a really neat wee solution for that. And I don't know... I if, agree. If they, if they were, and there was wee things like that, but overall, no. Um, the act, just the, the nuts and bolts of the battle system was like placing a shit GUI over maths calculations. Really obvious. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll agree. Like, like it's not even... To the point where it's like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, where it's like, oh, the sprites are still images, but they change over the course of them taking damage. Like, oh, look, I broke a horn off. Or, you you know, it's nothing. It's just static. Mm. Um, I think they... The choice they made to make older battles that wouldn't pose a challenge automatically won is cool. That's a very good forward-looking idea. The fact that you still have to wait for the swirl to end and then the swirl to end again to get it almost detracts from, oh, I could have just done the battle in that time. Uh huh. Um, in terms of the equipment stuff, uh, a problem I have is limited inventory. 
I know oh, yeah. it's unrealistic yeah. and blah, 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 blah. I don't like having inventory limited this small. Like, this is insanely small inventory it's, space. It's very small, and you've got so many key... Like, you always want to have the pencil eraser and the eraser eraser, just yes. in case you run across a pencil that you need to erase. So there's two slots gone already. You need some heal. You want some healing items. Oh, you, you end up some... holding like eight or nine key items yeah, at once because you always got to yeah. hold the Franklin badge. You've uh-huh. always got to hold the pencil. Yeah, it, it the receiver phone. You want to hold on all this stuff. Out of curiosity. Now, I, a, a bonus for starmen.net. When you hit the point in the walkthrough where you no longer need the pencil eraser, it said you can go ahead and send this off. And never need it again. Um, another cool, really cool idea was the storage. But it's marred by the fact that, well, you can only exchange three items at once. It's like, why? Now, I, again, I'm not a programmer. Craig, you're not a programmer. You're just this sexy Scottish man on a beach somewhere. We don't know if there's a reason why you could only send three items at a time if it's something to do with the programming. But it makes it ridiculously unfun. Yeah, I I stopped that. I stopped. I'd, we were carrying a lot less healing items because of the level thing, and I bumped all of the ne- the mandatory items onto that. When you get more party members, they each have their own pockets. At that point, it becomes slightly better because you can chuck all of your mandatory stuff to Paula or something like your pencil eraser to Paula. Uh, Paula Paula was this walking <laughs> shop of life noodles. <laughs> She's just had oh, wow. these things duct taped to her of life noodles everywhere. Um, yeah. Jeff was, of course, the fireworks salesman. Uh, Pooh mm-hmm. was just the guy who held on to everything for me. And so mm-hmm. when he laughed, yeah, that was like, oh no, oh, oh no. And so I had I mean, to like exchange things three at a time to oh. rejigger everything. That was that was. I think Pooh only had one thing, so, and it is a nice touch. Like it, he he leaves the party, so the things go into storage, and you can get the thing back for free. But yeah, if you had yeah. if you had, if you had put all of your key items into Pooh, thinking last one in, you can carry all the shite, you would have been miserable. I was, I was, <laughs> especially in that swampy area. I was. Oh. Um, <laughs> so. Oh. Earthbound's kind of a... If you imagine how you feel about Earthbound on a number line, right? For every two steps it takes in the right direction, there's like one step back. So even though that's a really good idea, the way you implement it almost detracts from the idea itself for yeah, me. I I think that's... For me, that's probably on the harsher scale of that number line. I, I, I understood the you know inv- limited inventory management it was a bit clunky i basically accepted it as being a of its age type the thing the only thing that detracted it was the combat system like for me the entire oh, really? game was 10 steps forward and then three steps back for the combat and that's that's kind of like about it there, there was a lot more good in it that just made me smile or made amelie laugh or you know just 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 funny dialogue bits so you know the blues brothers band that were hilariously just always being stupid and stuff like like so many oh god this is final thoughts so many fun things um the limited i know limited inventory management stuff i was just like i i found that forgivable that's what i'm trying to say 
it wasn't okay. a step All back. Right. It was just forgivable because the rest was um, pick. Uh, it was it was good. Okay, so so for you, just so I have you clear, uh, the only unforgivable thing is the combat. Yeah. Okay, I I, I have a little more in the unforgivables, but it's not. Like, I'm not down on the game. It's not unforgivable. This is no longer enjoyable. It's unforgivable. Like, ah, guys, why'd you make that decision? Hang on. Hands up. I've got another unforgivable. I've got two more unforgivable things I forgot about. Okay, all right, sure. Until right now. Well, I'll just tell you them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it was like uh, two points in the game. The environmental damage you take from either being in the desert and getting dehydrated or being in the swamp and suffocating to death inside a swamp. Those two things I did not like. Um, that's fine. Uh, for me, that is standard SNES, like Final Fantasy did it, Dragon Quest did it, everybody okay. did it. Of like, right. these tiles will damage you, you have to, you know, manage how far you yeah, go before you yeah. stop. That's fine. Um, I realize this is in an era before cell phones, but not being able to call the delivery guy whenever you wanted irked me, but it's like, okay, that's fine. You've only got mm. a receiver phone. You would need another. You would need an outward phone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so is it worth having a second key item taking up your inventory yeah, slots yeah. to make that call? Um, there's, there's plenty of phones. At, like the hotels had phones. There was phones in the street. The shops had. Fo- there was phones everywhere. There was tons of phones. Yes, there was. But when you're inside the gold mine trying to kill the third strongest mole. And you're like, okay. oh, you know, I could really use that life noodles I have. Oh, and then you got to go back up. Um, this this has both the advantage and disadvantage of being on the SNES, where an advantage is if you scroll the screen down and see, ooh, there's like five different enemies there, and scroll back up and then back down, the enemies will change. It's like, oh, now there's only two. Sure. Um, the disadvantages are I ran into an enormous amount of slowdown. Um I will say this with the caveat of I was playing the virtual console version on the Wii U, so I don't know if it's inherent to that. Okay. But there was a lot of times where it chugged to a crawl when there was like four enemies on screen. Oh, God. And you're like, come on, miss. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I had no slowdown whatsoever, but my um, flag is I was playing the Maternal Bound Redux, which undoubtedly has... Code yeah, fixes and changes, and I was also playing it on an Xbox Series X, which has enough power to play Earthbound. Has enough power so, to play a Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think um, I I had little to no slowdown, nothing notable. Um, I do want to briefly. Well, we talked on the combat, we talked on the overworld. Uh, just briefly, uh, I'm I'm a giant fan of the music here. There's only like one or two tracks where it's like, all right, that makes my teeth stand on end. But other than that, uh, some of the best music in this game uh, hits at almost the perfect time a lot of times. Like like the music when you go home, the music when you're on the bus, that cool surf rock thing. Yeah. Um, it, the, the music in this is super. Even the, the, the weird like uh, discordant stuff in Moonside yeah, fits yeah, yeah. great with yeah. what's going on. As the music is an absolute highlight for me, it really is. And I, I mentioned it already, but the the Blues Brothers, I can't remember the actual name, but the Blues Bandy type The guys, Runaway Five. The Runaway Five, they have two, I think two or maybe three performances that you watch as part of the game. 
and they are just it's fantastic we tracks and the wee guys dance about the place on stage and stuff and I just sat and I was like ear to ear smiling thinking this is hilarious oh we were very different about that um, yeah. I watched the first one and then when I saw the second one it's like oh, put the joystick down go get a drink go to the oh, bathroom come what? back oh they're still going okay um, <laughs> I don't find sprites spinning in place charming <laughs> I, 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 I just don't it's like it's just <laughs> turning a circle guys and it's uh-huh. not even like a, oh over this three minute course you see them do new stuff nope you're looping the same animation five times okay uh, yeah, I, I was not charmed by the Runaway Five, and I think they're kind of boring. Do you know what it reminded um, me of at, at the point what? where um, this this was all happening and what about the time? It reminded me of Habbo Hotel, of all things. For some strange reason, it reminded me of Habbo Hotel, because it had a very sh- similar, brightly coloured look about it, and limited animations in places. Did you ever, did you ever do Habbo Hotel? No, what's Habbo Hotel? In the Habbo Hotel, Dave! Where were you in the 90s when the internet was invented? I was in America playing games on my Super Nintendo. Habbo Hotel. Um, Hab- you, need, you need to look up Habbo Hotel. Habbo Hotel was like an online um, virtual chat room that was an isometric. Oh my gosh. Based. I'm looking at it right <laughs> It's still going. Is um, it still going? No way. We need to get in the Habbo Hotel. Okay, so it's Pixel Second Life. It's Pixel Yahoo yeah, chat yeah. rooms. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh boy, yeah, I could see that. Um why were you doing that in the nineties? Uh try to pick up chats. Oh, oh okay. Uh I stuck to Neopets and Club Penguin, thank you very much. Okay, right, yeah. Um, um I I can't believe it's still going. I'm to- I'm totally going on Habo Hotel tomorrow. Oh my god, that's amazing. Now, I would imagine you're mostly going to run into people your age. It's not going to be teenagers anymore. I, I would hope not. I mean, it's either going to be people my age going, oh, remember how good Habbo Hotel was, or it's going to be kids ruining things. <laughs> yeah, it's because of those kids. Not the creepy <laughs> 30-year-olds it's going to a really old chat room. That's not going to ruin it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so Habbo Hotel aside, uh, write in and let us know how much you enjoyed Habbo Hotel. <laughs> um, no, yeah, never went in for any of that stuff when I was a kid. I was like, why would I want to talk to strangers? I, I don't care. And I just played video games. That was it. Um, anyway, uh, I'm glad at some point in my life I decided to talk to strangers because my life would be uh, very different if I didn't. Okay, so um, should we crack into the story? Um. And there not do a beat by beat recreation. Yeah, but. there was only two mechanical things that popped up that I thought to highlight as being really nice that I liked, and I wanted to get okay. your take on it. But the first Shoot. one was the transition from the uh, overworldy walking about the towns to going inside houses when it cut to that kind of like big thick black bard and the the house moved dynamically. I really liked the way that walking about your house was room by room. It animated differently, the screen moved differently, and then when you got outside, it cut back to the whole full screen outside world. And I don't know if you thought anything about that at all. No, no, wait a minute. Okay, maybe I'm not quite getting what you're saying. Yeah. But when you go to a house, it just transitions into a building. It doesn't just transition into a building, though. It, It imposes black 
bars, it gives a more letterboxed feel, but also the way the screen animates from left to right, it exposes the house a oh, bit differently inside. I see, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. I thought, like, I was like, oh, wait, did they add something to the thing? Sorry, I misunderstood you. Yeah, no, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really difficult to describe, but it just, it felt cool because it felt like being in, or being in a cave, you're inside and it's a bit different and then you go outside to the overworld area for a bit more exploration and I, I really liked the way it did that. Yeah, it's not like a Final Fantasy where they just rip the roof off the house and you uh-huh. can look down in. Yeah, no, I'll agree. That's a very nice touch. Uh, especially when, you know, you're in like the department store or something and then you yes. say, okay, going up this floor, going up that floor. Yeah, agreed. Very nice touch. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I've forgotten what the other thing is so we'll just need to crack on and then it'll probably pop into my head in Final Thoughts. Okay, well, we're not going to start with the Kraken, uh, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, first off, you knew nothing about the ending of this game, right? Like, don't spoil anything yet, but you went into this 100% blind. Oh, yeah, like, um, 100% blind. I had no idea what was going on. I, like, from start to finish, had no idea. So when it started off, I obviously thought, oh, well, this is going to turn out to be, like, I don't know, E.T., or that other Flight of the Navigator or something like that. I just don't know. It felt like an 80s sci-fi alien thing from the start because you're... Yeah, it felt or, like the Explorers or something. Yeah. Or what's the name of that film with the kids that got up the railway line with the guy that killed himself? Oh, Stand, uh, Stand By Me. Stand By Me. It was like that kind of feel of kids on an adventure, but in a sci-fi setting like E.T. or something. So I, I totally... I sucked right into it. I thought it was great. The tone of it that it gives is just fab. Um, but I, I, as I say, I had no clue what was going to happen at any point. Okay, so we're going to go light spoilers for now. And then mm-hmm. before we talk about the end of the game, we'll, we'll give you a heads up. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious specifically to see how Earthbound-ass, Earthbound things hit you like the photographer that would stop you at every <laughs> major moment and save, save fuzzy pickles. Uh-huh. Like what, what, why do you think they kept asking you to confirm your name? Why all of the earthbound things? Like, yeah. like what were you thinking with the photographer? Uh, with the photographer, I genuinely, uh, because I was using, it wasn't until the end. Do we see what happens at the end with the photographer or not? Not say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not like a huge spoiler. I mean, I'm sure you can sit there and puzzle it out. Yeah. So I thought the photographer genuinely was some sort of weird, crude autosave that was. Oh. So it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I was using save states, so I never ever ever used a continue game into where it was going to let me go. I just save stated when I was finished for the night with Emily. Um, but I thought the photographer was basically an autosave. For the game. I, um, th- that would be fantastic, actually. <laughs> like, like that's a very good idea. Um, but no, okay. it turns out the photographer takes photos at key points, and then at the end, you see all those points. The it got it was funny at first. Me and Emily laughed at it and every time the the game stopped I would be like oh for fuck's sake and Amelie would be pissing herself laughing because I was getting angry because it stopped but it, <laughs> sometimes then, back to back too oh, like yeah. oh you hit the museum and then you hit yep. the, the stoic club it's ah come on I, I, I was going to say that right at, towards the end I think maybe f- four or five times 
from when I fixed the bridge over to the crazy person, the the crazy village, you know, the cult village place, and you fix the bridge to get back. Oh, over happy happy to, village. Yeah, um, maybe it was slightly later than that, but I noticed it. It took a photo, and then I went to the town, and it took another one, and then I went from somewhere to somewhere. So it took another one. I was like, "Oh my god, just stop it!" Yeah, please. if if you beeline your way through the game, he shows up pretty yeah. near each other. Yeah, um, and I, 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 I oh you go. No, you go. I was gonna say I'm, I'm kind of like you, like, like after the, and I guess you could say this about a couple things about Earthbound. Once the initial charm wears off, and it will wear off, you're just like, all right. All right, come on, let's go. Please, let, let's continue on. Um, yeah, I, I started getting tired of them. Yeah, the I, the charm didn't wear off for me. Like just to throw that out there, but the thing that absolutely had me hooked and beaming was the other thing you mentioned. You know, like confirming what is actually your name because at some point Emily had put in Jobbies or something like that, but we <laughs> we changed it to Emily. Uh, that is the name, and it's like, are you sure that? Are you positive that your name is Emily? Yes. And then watching the credits right at the end, when it gets to the very last bit, and it's like, you know, you've you're in the credits. It says Emily at the end, and I was like, that's actually really fucking sweet. Like, it's really nice. Yeah, like like the end. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, spoiler. Skip ahead thirty seconds. Um, one, two, three, go. Okay. Uh, once you're in the battle and you start praying and uh-huh. then you hit like and nobody answers and nobody answers and then it's like wham and you're like oh that's great oh, oh. that's wonderful um, I, I put that on like near automata near you know replicant uh-huh. gestalt levels of oh that's good you know that's like when you play Metal Gear Solid 2 and he pulls his dog tags out and it's your name on it and you're like uh-huh. yeah. I forgot I put my name in yeah <laughs> um yeah, super, super cool. Okay, and beep. Okay, no spoilers. Um, yes, so like, like stuff like that, I think is played wonderfully. And that, that of course, doesn't wear on you because you know you just got. Um, I find it harder with each year that passes by to read the fonts of Mister Saturn. Um, <laughs> I'm like sitting there looking at it like, is that a B? I think it's B. Um. <laughs> Uh, so again, uh, you didn't know Mr. Saturn was from Earthbound, no. even though you nope. probably hucked him at people in Smash. Um, yeah, no idea. I, I would like to kind of get your read on um, the overall mood of the game, right? Uh, I know this is a little vague, uh-huh. but uh, knowing I, I know a lot of the fan theories about what the end of the game actually is, what, you know what, what's going on. Uh, I, I know what uh, Shigesate Itoi says influenced the game's ending, so I know a lot of this stuff, which of course will color what I think of it. So Mood started off cheeky eighties sci-fi. Um, at some points, I thought, oh, it's just kids on an adventure, and it's actually I said to you, it was like. Oh, we're all just in our backyard, and it was all just our imagination. At some points, I thought that was the tone. But over the course of the game, some things happen that are just a bit darker and a bit more serious. It reminded me of River City Ransom or something like that, where you've got kids going about, like, acting like gangs, punching people Knifing and stuff. each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it goes serious, and it takes some pretty serious turns, and all the adults in the game don't ever really say, Hey, kid... 
Why are you? Why are you doing? Why, why are why you are beating you... that hippie with a baseball bat? Yeah. Um. I. I. So it went dark. It went a bit serious. I again. I really gelled with that. Like I wouldn't have liked a kiddie imagination sequence. I wouldn't. I appreciated where it went and because it was sci-fi and because when it got to the end and it looked like some sort of, you know, like H.R. Geiger poster this point, so I'm like, I Okay, like so if it had been, say, a, a wizard or a demon, uh, wouldn't have done as much for you as the fact that it is a space entity. Yeah, yeah, like, it's where my... Um, and I do like wizards and demons and I love me some Lord of the Rings and I like Final Fantasy... But I much prefer sci-fi, so I much prefer, you know, like, in the first-person worlds of Deus Ex or Cyberpunk or something. Like, I, I just I just love it so much. In this, the exact same. Like, I don't think there's enough modern RPGs, like, modern setting RPGs. Uh, yeah, you have some weird oddball ones, like The World Ends With You. But, yeah, yeah it's not... I would imagine it's because it's very hard to make the JRPG tropes work yeah. in a modern setting. Like, how are you going to... Like, you could do Persona, where it's like, oh, you're getting different guns or different knives. Uh-huh. And, but there's a lot that, like, even Persona is like, hey, yeah, it's demons. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I imagine it's very hard from a production standpoint to be like, okay, oh, we're yeah. going to stick in a realistic world here. Like, I, I guess... I abs- absolutely. Like, if, if you had, like, the world... And the physics and the weapons of Metal Gear Solid Five with the slaver of JRPG over it, you'd just be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, but but on on the other end of the coin, like a a RPG where you're playing as uh, plucky teens because you're always playing as plucky teens, mm-hmm. and you go from like, "Oh, you this one guy starts in Canada and you play like his little bit, and this other guy starts on." You know the uh, France, and he play his. Yeah. Little boy, I don't know why I went French Canada, but like, like the idea of world hopping in our globe in a JRPG is super cool. Like that's a cool yeah, idea yeah. that I'm surprised nobody's done. But there has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's also the fact of if you put it in a real life setting, watching teens beat someone to death with a baseball bat I is a yeah. little disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, come okay. to think of it, you're 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 very right. Even <laughs> when it got to things like bully or whatever it was called in America, was it called bully in America or was it that canis canum edict? No, it was it was bully here. Yeah, was it bully? Um, yeah, that got a lot of flack just because it is like a modern realistic. That's why GTA gets a lot of flack, is it's just a modern thing. So all oh, those video games are corrupting our kids. No one ever says that about you know like fucking Dragon. Dragon. Quest. Dragon Quest, exactly what I was going to say. No one says that. Oh my god. That's because Dragon Quest puts a smile on your face. Like you can't help it. Um, but yeah, like so through all of this game, going in, knowing the ending and what happens, um, I got a real, like, everything was very melancholy vibe. Not necessarily depressed, but not necessarily happy. It was yeah. just kind of, you know, that mid-state you get in where you're like, eh. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, I got a lot of that vibe throughout this entire game. Um, let me ask you a question, and this is something that started to bug me about halfway through the game. But it's something I have a bit of a like it, it's a hot button thing for me. Like whenever I see it, it's like, Ugh. should Ness not have been a silent protagonist? Oh no, actually, I, 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 all of them. 
none of your like like okay <clears throat> i don't understand why people have that much affection for these characters because none of them have any character but and that's, even that's at the... times god no on you go well, even with other games at the time, as slight as that character was, they still had character. Like, Paula has a little bit because she communicates with you before you meet her. And and Pooh does a little bit, but I think that's only because he comes from an exotic place. There's like, what is Jeff's character traits? What is Ness's? Uh, uh, eh? I don't know. I I got like like Ness is obviously like a plucky can do kid, and Jeff is obviously like a geeky nerd. <laughs> yes, and if you didn't see his sprite, would you have thought that? Yeah, because he actually does things, and you know, like fixes stuff to what, and he he talks to the doctor guy because it's obviously his dad or whatever. You know, like wee things. I think, but it does this like Dragon Quest. You're you're a silent protagonist, and you have nothing but affection for that because you kind of do that thing where you impart your own character and your own thoughts onto it. Not enough. How dare you bring up the name Dragon Quest in that kind? How dare you, sir? Well, you uh, are. Com you're completely silent, silent protagonist in Dragon Quest. In in Dragon Quest one, two, and three, your main protagonist is pretty damn silent. In the first one, he's completely silent. That's an NES game made in nineteen eighty three. This is in the Super Nintendo era, where you have things like Chrono Trigger. And I have the same problem with Chrono. He's also this blank slate that does this these weird sprite movements, and that's it. But there's no. Car like, how do you know Ness is a plucky kid? Because what other kid is going to leave home and go and, and grab a baseball bat and go, I'm going to see what the hell is going on here? Um, Jeff, Paula, Pooh, Pokey, um, a lot of them? Kids are plucky. I mean, it seems... Kid, 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 kids kids are, are plucky. Kid, kids are kids are stupid. Um, if they knew how the, the horrendous ways they could die, they wouldn't be so plucky. But... Um, yeah, I, I guess I got, like, no character off of any of them. Pokey has a character. Uh, it's it's a great character. I love Pokey. Well, I don't love Pokey. You know what I mean. Yeah, like, like, I'm, it, I'm it's gonna... fun to have that character. I do recognize the indirect way they try to add character. Like, um, what's it called? Like, when you talk to your mom... It's almost like you see one side of the conversation... And then she has to do her aerobics and it's done... Um, your dad only says the one things over and over and over again, but you can pull a sense of character from that one thing he says. I, I get that they do indirect stuff, but I find it incredibly boring to not know that, well, d does Ness want to do this? Does he just feel like he has to? Is he happy palling around with Paula and, and Jeff and Pooh? You know, did he, did he, does he like the Saturns? Does he not like this? I don't know. Uh, there's so much stuff going on that it's weird that you never hear anything that could be personal choice, to be fair. Like, 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 like a lot of that is not personal choice, sorry, personal taste. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like silent protagonists. I, I don't even like the fact that Link is still a silent protagonist. It's like, come on, just tell a story. Um, so, yeah, that could be just me. You, on the other hand, it rang okay for you? Yeah, it rang. And, like, there's more modern games that I think did it worse. Like, I thought in Dragon Quest Eleven, you know, like, the Luminary should have some sort of personality, but just, just stand there. <laughs> just stand nope. there. And he, is, he is a homunculus of hair and eyes, <laughs> yeah. and he you just know. stands there. So, However, thought, they make up for it with Silvando. I mean, come on. Silvando yeah, would have been great yeah. in Earthbound. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing is you can have a, like a silent protagonist main character, but to have a completely silent party is... Yeah, that, that's super er- Yeah, because it was yeah. just my one minor complaint multiplied by four. Okay, yeah. I, I it uh, doesn't it doesn't bother me. I at some point That's fair enough. The dialogue reads like it maybe should have. But overall I'm just like, ah, I'll just take it. Yeah, it, it takes the very Gordon Freeman approach to writing dialogue for other people. Mm-hmm. Like they'll they'll be answering questions you didn't ask. Yeah. They'll be, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um who was your uh, your your MVP party member? Yeah. Mine was very much Jeff. Uh, Multi battle oh, rockets yeah. will decimate everything. Think, yeah, Pro- probably Jeff. And uh, Ness later on gets a, got a baseball bat from somewhere. I can't even remember what was it. It's not the Cassie bat. Is it a different bat? I can't remember what bat it was. All right, it's a was... Casey bat. Okay. First of all, Casey um, bat. It's because of, of you know Casey at the bat. Little story? No, no idea. Um, and I'm not even oh. interested. In, I'm not even interested. No, no, I, I, I was not going to regale you with the story of Casey at the bat. Um, uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Maybe Coco Melon did okay. a version of it. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I did. It's no, it's just um, he grabs his own cracked baseball bat. I believe is the first one you get. Yeah, the cracked. It's just something he grabbed from his room. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. his mom says, "Hey, don't forget your bat, your mm-hmm. baseball hat." And your your useless dog. Yeah, uh, I really wanted the dog to be a party member. The dog would have been a great party member. The other party member I didn't like was the bear sprite dragon behind you that would also interact with enemies, and you know get you caught if you try to do a runner through an area and an enemy you know like next the corner of the bear sprite you're in a battle. You're like, oh bear, why did you have to do that? All right, Craig, I may have uh, uh, the dreaded JRPG amnesia. Mm-hmm. What bear? Did you not at points have a teddy bear just dangling behind oh, you as one of your parties? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like an actual bear. <laughs> no, like a okay. bear. A teddy All bear right. that doesn't uh, yeah, actually yeah. attack anything but can be attacked. <laughs> yeah, it's just there to soak up hits so you don't die immediately. Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you had me worried. I'm like, wow, they added a bear? That sounds pretty fun. Okay. All right. No, the teddy bear. <laughs> uh, poor guy got the stuffing ripped out of him up quite a few times. Um, all right, so we've had a lot of interruptions, mm-hmm. so I'm not quite sure what this is going to edit down to. Yeah. But we should, uh, story, the, the veil. We are going to yeah. pierce the veil. I will be, no, I'm going to be Kim this time. Craig, you will be Harry Dubois, okay. and you will pierce the veil of the end of the story. Uh, since I've talked a lot this time, why yeah. don't you... Well, we never, didn't, we didn't story. do the start of the story, or the middle of the story. No, we really didn't. Um, no. so... Like, in summary, you wake up, your door is being chapped, a meteor is landed in your town, and you're off on a quest uh, to 
you know, like do shit. Uh, along the way, you meet party members who also are. It's one of those ones where they're on their own journey, but for this part of their own journey, they'll join you. Uh, especially Pooh. Pooh feels like he's just there just to get some experience. Yeah, Pooh's a guest character. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Eventually, more and more people are abducted. You start seeing people being abducted. Uh, you start seeing more aliens. It felt like, oh God, another random pool that you'll hate. But it felt like that Bloodborne moment where I was playing the game and you go around the corner and there was one of those jelly mushroom guys. And I was like, <laughs> one of the, the cosmic f- guys. Yeah. <laughs> is going on here what game am i playing because up until that point you're killing like snakes and beasts <laughs> and it's like the hell is-? i had one of those moments because it was like what the hell is going on and then all of a sudden you're in, in that spaceship or the you know like the weird the, side base yeah the base yeah. area and i was like oh everyone's in tubes and everything it goes very sci-fi anyway so you eventually have to try and figure out why people have been abducted and that leads you down a rabbit hole of getting to the end. Is that a good enough summary? It's not really a good summary of the game, but it is roughly most of the no. game. Um, I took about 5,000 word notes on the story of this and then realized this is going to be a one-episode jobby, and that was yeah. all useless. Um, needless to say, you will run across a colorful collection of characters on your way to finding out What's up with the Manny Manny statues? Why are mm-hmm. people acting funky sometimes? Um, it's all... Now, uh, uh, stopping the story for a second, I think this is uh, very well telegraphed on what you have to do next. I never... Even though I was using a walkthrough, like, just from the dialogue alone, I always knew, okay, this is the next step. Oh, yeah. Like, you always... Know, the, my problem was a more traditional problem, which is you know where to go next, but when you save it and you sleep and then you go to work and then you get home and you start it, that's when I started running into issues because you don't really have a quest log, but there are many opportunities to get a hint from someone or to talk to someone and they'll say, yep, yep. You know, like literally Hintman was great because it'd just be like, come on, you need to be off doing whatever. Um, yeah, or you'll just get an NPC saying, "I think you should go here." It seems like mm-hmm. you forgot something. I don't know why. Just yeah. that feeling I have. That uh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, like a random pelt, like the hotel um, desk assistant type person saying, "What yeah. are you doing here? You should be in Tucson at the park doing this." <laughs> like, I don't do know, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's really nice. It was really nice. Sorry, Dave. Uh, it took I, me a I, little bit longer than I wanted to realize. One, two, three, four. Um, what do you mean? The town names are one, two, three, four. Oh right, yeah. No, that that was almost immediate for me. Like when I was in once, and I was like, the next town's Tucson, and then well, the three, first one's on it, and and maybe I've oh, been sorry. pronouncing it wrong all this time. I was saying one it. Uh huh. I was saying one it. Okay. Oh, sorry. I've yeah. always called it on it. Um. So yeah, it took me it took me an embarrassingly long. I believe I was in like three by the time. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, goodness. I'm going to Foreside? Oh, uh-huh. so yeah, uh, it took took me a little while. Um, I think it never good. said I was like, smart. I I thought that was abs- that was cute as buttons. So it was. I thought that was really nice. It just was. Having... <laughs> it is. It is very cool. Like like oh yeah, because I mean that that is almost an in made progress meter of like oh well I'm on the fourth town so yeah. time to go to Forsyth. Um, I once thought it was summers and winters. It's a little yeah. weird, but I well I thought it was it was completely 
incredible. How many times you've been playing a game and you meet a character and you're like, what town? It was the first town I was in, but what the hell was it called? But with this, <laughs> you know, because it's the litter of the first town and is named appropriately. It was all very, very nice. Winters. Oh, I was in the snowy place. Oh, it's winters. Yep. Uh, summers is the uh, desert. Mm-hmm. Um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I do like that. That was a very cool, like, almost meta thing they did. Yeah. So, very cool. Uh, anyway, continuing on with the story, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, what did it get to? Um, you kind of just blew by the middle of the game. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, play the, you can play it or watch a YouTube and, and get the gist of it. So, by the end, you have to fight some weird flibbly thing, um, which then freeze all the people and you go and you have to fight another big flibbly thing that has Porky embedded in it. I didn't know what was going on, but by this point I literally was like, the hell what have I walked into? Because it took that gradually getting more serious and then it went like the chart went straight up into the, and I was just like I did not expect this at all. Okay. So, um, on the base level of the story, Gigas Lance uh, starts in a very HP Lovecraft color out of space way, starts infecting people. Uh, these Mani Mani statues also help with Gigas's influence. Uh, I'm not going to give everything away in the story. So basically, a bumblebee comes from the future and says, hey, you, you should go stop um, uh, uh, Gigas there. And Nessa's like, all right. But he does it with a look. Uh, he doesn't actually talk. Uh, poor Bumblebee gets swatted, which is very funny. Uh, he dies. And you're off. Uh, Paula contacts you. Paula's like, hey, um, I had dreams about you. We should ho- not hook up in that way. Uh, we should get together. And yeah, sorry. Uh, get together and we'll see what we can do. And then, of course, you get stuck. But you have then Jeff shows up and is like, hey, I've, I've got a... A UFO thing from my dad. And then you hop in there. You're just following this path. Until you get to like the cave of time. Then things go super wonky. Uh, again, I, I think the ending is very cool. Uh, so, uh, spoiler wall here. So, uh, I'm not going to explain what happens in the ending. But I am curious to see Craig... Once you get the body transference, let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. We talked about this briefly because yes. you were like, ah, uh-huh. what did you actually think was going on? Like, I thought it took a turn for the, I thought it took a turn for the Final Fantasy 15 and I was sacrificing myself and was going to die for the sake of humanity and all this, all this super serious, like had a wave of, oh my God, it's all framed and a very, oh, you're transferring your brain. We don't know if you'll come back. You'll be in a robot. The robot is like a stereotypical cartoony, you know, like robot. Beep boop. Beep boop. Beep, beep, beep. You know, like that. Like someone, a kid. This was also where I was thinking I'm in the back garden and you're just wearing, you know, like cardboard boxes with tin foil on them. Yeah, because you didn't ve- message me going, please tell me it's not that. Uh, yeah. Please tell me it's not uh-huh. um, But yeah, so I thought it, I, it took a serious serious turn and I actually if I was ever I'd play in a very relaxed state but if I was ever to sit up and sit forward on my seat to figure out what the hell was going on it was when that happened because I was just like oh 
oh, up until now, this was quite jovial and jovial and surreal, and now it's like super serious. Yeah, it's like at that point where they get in over their heads, and you're uh-huh. like, oh, guys, what are you doing? Um, maybe wait for an adult. Yeah. Um, so um, moving on from that, because yeah, like like I'll get to it in final thoughts, but I'm super conflicted about this game. Um. Okay, so the ending fight with Gigas. First of all, mm-hmm. some of the coolest music on the SNES. Yeah, like, yeah. hands down. That is wonderful. Um, the way Gigas is talking about Ness is super creepy. I really mm-hmm. like that touch. It, it's very, very cool touch. Um, so, where that scene comes from, and this is what, unless I'm mistaken, and it's like, like playing a game of telephone, it gets it gets warped along the way. But I've read multiple places what inspired this ending was when Mr. Itoi was a boy, small boy. Mm-hmm. He went into a movie theater and looked up on the screen and he says there was a rape scene playing and he was got so scared, got confused and just ran out. Uh, evidently uh, had a big impact on his life because, you know, you still remember it that many years later. Um, And he said he wanted to give that kind of confusion, that kind of feeling to the player. Um, Historically speaking, the movie he said it was doesn't have a rape scene, but it does have a weird, like, you know, the 1940s thing where it's like the manly man will force himself on the woman and she says, no. But then he gives her a kiss and she says, oh, yes. You know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um... So it's probably a lot of kid imagination going on, which is fine. I'm not going to be like, and how dare he lie to us? Uh No, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, But there's a lot of weird shit going on in the ending of this. Like, uh, I explained to you, like, take a look at the map. The the map, uh, I believe we talked about this briefly. Mm -hmm. Like, just Google the Earthbound ending map, or the Gigius map, I think you could probably get it. Um... Because the map itself looks like the female reproductive organ map, I guess would be the best way to put it. Of like, oh, this tube goes, yeah, I don't know what that's technically called. Um, and right up there is is Gigas. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is a Nintendo-sponsored abortion or not. Uh, I, I dove a little deep on the theories about the end of this, and they put up a pretty good case. But a lot of it is down to your interpretation of it. So, for a fresh young mind like yourself, Craig, yeah. you smooth-brained motherfucker. Oh, God. What did you think was going on? Okay. Okay. So, I didn't get any... I didn't look at the map and get any female reproductive side of things. I did get a hint of Nintendo-sponsored abortion. But the thing that came to mind the most which I am ashamed to say, and it set the tone for the rest of the game for me, was that episode of South Park where Cartman merges with the Trapper Keeper and then he becomes this amorphous <laughs> Trapper Keeper blob. And I kind of thought okay. it was it was that's the tone of it that it ended up being for me because of that stupid episode of South Park. <laughs> it, it looks a lot because Nessie's like body is in the middle of this thing. You've got Porky. You've got like all this gross stuff going on. I just I it instantly made me think it was like a um uh, like a symbiotic thing 
that had the kids as puppets and all this kind of stuff. I, that's that's where it went with it. Was like okay, so like like the end of like um, a contra where it's just ew, ew alien yeah. biology. Yeah, stuff. yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, that's a read too. I yeah, like like I'm really torn on because I am notorious for thinking most fan theories are incredibly stupid. Um, uh, nobody has been dead the entire time in the history of anything except where they specifically say this person has been dead the whole time. It's never a secret thing, ever, in anything. Um, but yeah, I'm torn. You take this on the face of it, it is a bunch of kids go back to kill an alien creature that will have its tentacles in a bunch of different things. Okay, that I'll take that at that base level. That's fine. If you have any, like, um, I don't want to say evidence because, well, you saw what I saw. Uh, if you have any, oh, hey, you might have missed this stuff that leads you to believe one way or the other, please feel free to send it in to uh, our email because I'm super curious because, again... Uh, a lot of this, these theories come from echo chambers where people will just, yeah, 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 and not really go, wait, you don't have a point there kind of thing. So I'm super and curious. What I'm saying now is from the point of view of I went in completely blind, played the game over the course of week with my kid, and did not read starman.net, or, and did not, you know, like, Google fan theory. I didn't do anything. Yeah. My sole experience is with the game itself. But now I'm, in, now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's super weird. And again, it's not like you can be like, hey, Mr. Intoy, um, do you remember 40 years ago when you were making this game, did you think about an abortion? Was that it? Was that what was going on? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's weird. Um, so that's where I'm going to leave it. Like, like, like I can, ex- we can try to talk it through, try to, you convince me of something, I convince you. It won't accomplish anything. Uh our job here is to just let the people know what we thought, and that's what we're going to do. So, we've hit the end of the game. I think the ending with the prayers and nothing working and you're getting desperate and then it does the Dragon Ball Z thing with the people thinking about you and giving their power. I think that is a very cool way to end a melancholy RPG. Um, it does follow very much the Japanese tradition of it's not so much you, it's it's the connections you've made, it's the friendships, it's, you know, you know that kind of thing that JRPGs do. Um, I just think this was handled in an incredibly cool way. Um, see, see, so, see, when you say that, when you say that, with everything else that's been said, it sounds like a glowing recommendation. But it's My, not. But it sounds like it. The, the word... I could creatively edit you into only... <laughs> that would be amazing. You could create some real drama. You could edit it so I sound like I'm just glowing. And then I'm like, oh, that, that, that was that was, that was was an edit. And then we mm-hmm. could go back and forth on Twitter. Oh, that would be great. We could do that. <laughs> um, Yeah. It, well, I mean, I, I try to acknowledge when something... Like Control. Yeah. I did not like Control. But that just... fridge... Is super cool. See, not um, liking control. That's that's just bizarre. That's peak sci-fi mentalness. <laughs> um, yes, that is what David Lynch sees when he closes his eyes. But uh, even something like Horizon Zero Dawn, I, I can't stand that game. I really like Aloy. Uh-huh. Like as a character, I think she's great. But that game was didn't like it. Um, we are beings of contradictions, my friend. I know. Um, 
So, okay, so um, you just stepped on Gigas. He went bleh and died. So, Craig, would you like to explain what happens at the end? Well, yeah, just after stepping on Gigas, which takes maybe the guts of 15 minutes or something. <laughs> it's like yeah. a, a long fight. Um, what happens at the end? So you're sucked out of your body back into your, your human form. Um, which is nice. It was kind of expected. I didn't think they were going to let four kids die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether it's a Nintendo-sponsored abortion or not, I didn't think they would go to literally just let four kids die. So they, um, they get transported back into your bodies. And then, unless I'm missing something in my brain, you have a really lovely um, dissolving of the party. Like, with a wee bit with Pooh and you go off and Pooh goes off to do his thing, you drop Paula mm-hmm. back off at the nursery. You know, like, you walk her home. It literally says, she says, will you walk me home? And I just thought, that's sweet, isn't it? Will you walk me home? And, like, I just, wee things like that happen. You get back home. Yeah, you can go to, to the entire world and talk to everybody. Yep. And a lot of them have new things to say, which I think is always a really cool idea. Yeah, um... So you do that, you get back home, and something happens. Oh, God, now that it's been a few weeks, something does happen because it does. One of the things I hate is the end, dot, 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 question mark. I fucking Question mark. (laughs) It's one of the things I just hate ever in a film, in a game. It never works for me. It makes me resent the entire thing. I take it more as a the end, the question mark indicating, and Ness went on to have other adventures, but that's not the story here. Oh, I no. don't take it so much as oh, maybe Gigas is gonna come back and there's, yeah. a, you know, it's not gonna pull like a Friday the 13th hand coming out of a grave or something. I don't, I don't know why, of all the things that I don't feel passionate about, that I sit on the fence about, that's the one thing I will say I fucking hate the end (laughs) or is it i would like it's surprise well okay first off this did miserably in the states oh did it um oh oh it did so bad that that's why they didn't even consider releasing mother three here it did because uh i don't know if you knew this or not but when they brought it here they wanted a big push because rpgs were just starting to really catch fire here and so it came in a box that makes your big box PC games look small. Oh, wow. Um, it was a huge box. It came like a with door. In- <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was this crate. It was a steel battalion-sized crate you'd bring home. Uh, it had a strategy guide in it for the full game, and a lot of work was put. The entire strategy guide is made to look like a travel brochure. Oh, So wow. it's like a super cool thing they put a lot of work into. Uh, there are... There- there are conflicting reports on why it might have did terrible. One could have been that the exorbitant price behind it. One could have been the fact that they marketed it with the game with the tagline "This game stinks," um, because of Master Belch, and so you'd have just have this big puke monster picture, and then "This game stinks" above it. Um, not exactly the best marketing. Uh, they also marketed it with scratch and sniff snickers with with like here, smell some puke. Scratch this sticker, smell some puke. It's a, it's like, well, uh, might not have been the best marketing. Um, but yeah, it sold about 140,000 copies in the U.S. And that was it. Oh. Um, so to have a giant push and then have it kind of come out like a wet fart, just <clears throat> um, really burned Nintendo. Yeah. And then I guess it kind of happened again 
because now again, I may be a little confused or some the source I have on the internet may be lying, but when they went to re-release it, everybody was like, I'd buy Earthbound, I'd buy Earthbound, release Earthbound. And, you know, got this huge internet push and Nintendo mm-hmm. like, fine, fine, we'll do it. And then it didn't do very good sales numbers again. Oh, God. So Nintendo has been burned a little bit by Earthbound, which sucks for the really dedicated fan base. I'm yeah, not blaming yeah. them. It's the it's the internet thing of boy, I'm not gonna play Call of Duty when it comes out, and then you know that entire group is playing Call of Duty when it comes yeah, out. Yeah. It's the internet thing. Um, so I don't have a lot of hope for seeing Mother Three outside of the fan translation, which from what I hear is amazing. Um, and and there's the thing, like 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 there's a difference. I've seen a lot of games fan translated. Uh, this is one of the few that I've seen to where the people say to Nintendo, if you translate and release this game, we'll pull ours down. So people yeah. can't, they also do not, le- they don't have the ROM on the same place as the translation hack. They, they're they like, go buy Mother 3, find yeah, the ROM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then tr- like, like, they're ge- generally wholesome people, right? Uh-huh. Like, like, they're not your internet assholes. So I, I- it's a bit of a shame. I saw, uh, um, crap, crap. Oh, I need to think of the name now. Not Morrowind. Oh, right. Okay, I've got it. So I saw a great project that's going on just now. Very similar thing. Deeply passionate people who have modded Skyrim to the point where they're building Oblivion inside Skyrim because they won't remaster Oblivion. They'll just keep releasing Skyrim. It's called Skyblivion. But... You, you just reminded me, on their webpage, they've got everything that you need to play it, but you need to go to Steam or somewhere and buy Oblivion and buy Skyrim to get it to work. Like, it's not like a weird thing. You need to buy the two, you know, and I, th- I think things like that, are, it's respe- It's really highly respectful of yeah, everyone not involved. Not to mention, it, it does show p- some people are willing to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. Uh, sadly, not a lot of people on the internet will do that. But yeah. um, um, on so the Maternal Bound Redux version mm-hmm. of the game, it's a, a, one of the bullet points. I, I don't even know where to begin with it. Hang on. Um, um, I have closed the tab. I've closed the tab that had all the bullet points on it. But one of them was it's a completely, it's rewritten dialogue and a rewritten script that's more in line with some other version of the written game. Like, it's different in some way, shape, or form. But I don't know how, I don't know to what extent. But it, it the thing does say it is a rewritten thing. Okay. Like, like um, that makes me a little eh, eh, eh on it. But, again, especially when you're localizing from Japanese, a lot of it comes down to localization choices. Not because, because you just can't transliterate. Japanese to American to yeah, a, yeah. oh my gosh, I said American. Oh, oh my you, gosh, you said American. You didn't say American. Going to set myself on fire. I am very sorry. Oh, you can't transliterate Japanese to English mm-hmm. word for word. It just doesn't work. Right, you ready? Completely rewritten script based on Tomatoes Legends of Localization oh. book. Uh, t- Mr. Tomato, not Tomato, uh-huh. is the guy who's one of the big guys behind translating Mother 3. So his translation, I would absolutely say, okay. all right, that's that's up to snuff. Right, fair enough. Because, yeah, that that dude is huge in the Earthbound community. Okay. Uh, so 
all right, we, we've, we've rabbit-trailed a little bit off the end of this game. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do final thoughts, but I do want to say, um, Earthbound community, you guys are fucking insane. <laughs> but you guys are the nicest insane people I have ever met. So keep up the good work. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. I don't understand you, but boy golly, I am glad you people are on the internet. It is very nice. It's almost like a group of people that embody the quirkiness uh-huh. of Earthbound. It's it's very strange. Anyway, final thoughts, Craig. Um, I had an absolute blast playing this. I played it with Amelie, my kid. She's 11, and she loved it to bits. Not because of the story or anything. She just really genuinely enjoyed playing a game with me, and it's kind of cute. We both hated the combat. Um, we used auto combat. Uh, did I say before recording? We used auto combat from the majority of battles. And when she went to bed, I would stay up and just grind a few extra levels every night to make sure that the auto combat was not going to fall over. <laughs> you know, like sometimes <laughs> it's like, auto combat's just not enough. You need to start kind of manually managing a situation. Uh, I didn't want it to get to that point because it's horrible. Uh, we absolutely loved it. Like. Another thing that I'd said to Dave a week ago or two weeks ago, whenever we played it, this is the first game I've played where it benefited from using like emulator shaders to give like a CRT over over scan lines or whatever the hell scan lines. No. Yes, because if you play it, even even my wife, who is not that way inclined, said, "Oh, that looks much better because I did a before and after." It's quite a bright game. It's a very bright game. And when you get to an area like the desert, there's a single... There's just like four colours in the palette because the sand is one yellowy, orangey, greeny type colour. Whatever colour it is, it's a big block of that colour. And the scan right, lines... There is no desert. It was an ice field. <laughs> and the scan lines and stuff like that just... They take the edge off that brightness, but they also they, it just makes it look a wee bit prettier. It it makes it look really quite nice, and it sold me on using. It was Ian who told me to investigate CRT filtery type things, and he helped me set up stuff. So it it really overall we had a blast. I'm going to ramble on. I I just think it's great. All right. Uh, I need you and Ian to both uh, help each other to the nearest eyewash station and wash out your damn eyeballs. Um, I believe I said this to you. I like pixels so sharp they cut my irises. Uh-huh. I look at them. I like that. Uh, I think this game, in terms of aesthetics, is flipping beautiful. Um, there's literally no other game that looks like this in terms of its design, its world, its its writing. Everything about this game is super unique. I'm a little sad they didn't take the uniqueness more into the battle system. Um, Because, let's be honest, Craig, I would have been okay if this was adventure gamey until a boss battle. Yeah. And then you played an RPG boss battle. Um, I think the RPG elements actively detract from what's special about Earthbound to such a large extent that I don't like the game. But I like the game? I don't know. Um, 
I think Earthbound deserves a special place. If only because the writing is really good. No other game is written like this game. And this is like Nintendo's little baby, right? Like, haha, mother. But it, <laughs> it, it's 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 unique even in Nintendo. Um they haven't done any RPG. Like like they've done more murder mystery games than they have Earthbound games, I think, at this point. Um super weird. So, it is special. I am glad Ian finally got me off my ass and finished Earthbound. So, now I know exactly what it is. Also, I hope he at least stubs his toe incredibly hard the weekend this comes out. (laughs) Because he made me play Earthbound. Um, I will never play this game again. I, unless it gets remastered. I, I always like to give a game a second chance if it gets remastered because you can change a lot of stuff. I don't think Nintendo ever will. I I don't understand the rabid fan base, but you know what? You guys, you do you. That's cool. I'll sit here and still want medieval too. I can't throw stones, right? Like like, what am I gonna do? Um. So all in all, Ian, thank you very much for it. But more importantly, you gave Craig a blurb to read. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm gonna trust you, Craig, to do your best Ian impersonation. It's okay, it's only two lines, it's short and sweet, but it's very final thoughts from Ian. Um, <clears throat> oh, hello there, chaps. Rather, oh, no, he doesn't sound like that at all. Uh, the quirky humour, the beautiful, bright graphics, and the weird music are totally unique and timeless. I must play. That was it. That's all he said. <laughs> Not a single word about the battle system. I like it. <laughs> Um, yes, this episode could have been seven seconds long because I agree with pretty much on every one of those points. Mm-hmm. I still hope you stub your toe, Ian, because you deserve it. Um, but yes, so, um, all right, Craig, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is, this is one of the very few games where I am very glad I didn't have to write a review. No. Right? Like, how would you review this? Everything it does is great, except for the part where it tries to be a video game. Yeah. I, 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 we, uh, we finished, I finished it like two weeks ago now. Uh, we had some scheduling problems. We couldn't record as soon as we finished. So that's why I'm sorry if we're a little vagueish on some things. Um, but this entire two weeks, I have been absorbing people talking about Earthbound while I was at work. So like podcasts, convert YouTube videos to MP3s, like like everything. And I I realized I don't get it, like I said. But there's something there that people really latch onto. And it's different things for different people. So if you were to say, and we don't do this like ever really, is Earthbound a good or a bad game? St- the game part's important. <laughs> I still think it's a good game. I still think it's a great game. I still think everything it does, it does well. The adventure side, the walking about, the talking, the, you know, the collecting items to give to someone else, the saving up money to buy a particular thing to do with it. All of that, it does well. I think the only thing it doesn't do well is literally turn-based combat. If it didn't have... So arguably what you're doing 60% of the time. 
maybe not like I don't I don't I don't I don't think the combat like maybe maybe I've I've got a slightly softer edge because Amelie took care of the combat by auto combating mm-hmm. everything. So maybe maybe I'm less jaded or harsh because of I suppose if there wasn't an auto fight thing, an auto battle thing, and I had to actually manually work at it, I would be a wee bit less enamoured. The points where Amelie was in a battle were the points where I was getting up to get a cup of tea or going to the toilet for uh, a pee okay. or something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I mean, we didn't state it before, and we should state now, the fact that this has an auto battle is genius. Like, this is one of the earliest games to have auto battle. Like, we that should be stated. Uh, that's a great idea. But I'm sorry, I just thought of that. That's absolutely fair. Um, so yeah, I would say yes, it is a good game. It's It's got some... Some things that aren't as great, but I would attribute that to age and maybe a focus on the writing and everything else. And then at the last minute they went, oh my God, we need a battle system. Pull that from the NES. <laughs> um, okay, uh, going to ask a question and I, I insist on honesty. Mm-hmm. Will you ever play this again? Uh, no, probably not. Not unless there's a remaster. Like... Okay. Unless it turns out, I said before, I had a wee quick search of that Starman thing when you mentioned it, and the walkthrough that they provide does have a lot that I didn't, it's got a lot of, you should go and speak to this person just because it's a funny interaction. You should go and speak to this person because it starts a side quest to do whatever. Like, I missed a lot of that. We played through it blind. It was reasonably focused. Um, Yeah. But... From what I read, there isn't enough there to make me want to play it again. I would rather, if I mean, I would now be like, we we need a remaster of this. Imagine a remaster with some decent fight mechanics. It would actually be good. I'd be okay with um, Earthbound and the Octopath Traveler engine. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep. I'd be okay with that. Um, so yeah, okay, that's about where we sit. I'm super conflicted, but more on the bad side. Mm-hmm. Um, of it was an unpleasant experience for a lot of the percentage, and then it spiked. Like you'd hit good writing, and then back to okay, I need to fight moles. Would you ever? Um, would you so, ever consider playing the maternal boundary ducks thing just to see, or is that does it not count because it's not like a canon release of the game? Oh man, that makes me sound like a real dork. I'm like, I only like games when they come from big publishers. Uh, no, uh, unless there are specifically changes to a battle system, even in a remaster. If this was just like, all we did was change the graphics, I wouldn't play it. I I would need the battle system to be a little more engaging yeah, yeah. because it is a snooze fest. Um, so yeah, so if if it changes the battle system, sure, I'll give it a, a look. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, nah, I'm, I, I had my experience. I'm fine with that. All right, so uh, continuing on the games that I'm not quite sure are good or bad. Uh, next up, we have Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Um, I may still be crying when we record it. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Nah, I uh, think you will be pucker. You're going to be golden. You're going to finish it, and you're going to be like, what's that all about? On a plus note, Craig, we will have the exact same history with Ghost and Goblin Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, now that so that guys, episode is what... over, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> I wonder why you don't have friends, Craig. I'm, I'm just, oh, you oh. know, sometimes. <laughs> anyway, sometimes... sorry. Car- carry on. Carry on. Oh, oh, you want me to do it? You want me to do it? I'm, I won't interrupt. All right, everybody. Craig has something important he wants to say. There. Uh, thanks Dick. for listening, everyone. Mm. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. So. <clears throat> All right. So now that Earthbound is over and done with, we have ghosts and goblins to torture us in the future. Uh, there is a little bit of admin we would like to do. Um, I don't exactly know how to say this, um, but here we go. So uh, the way things have been going with me and Craig taking care of, of the Retro Rewind stuff, uh, which we still enjoy. This isn't a, we're quitting. Um, we decided we're going to kind of just transplant Retro Rewind onto a different show. Because we have noticed that the listener numbers for Retro Rewind are fairly consistent. Which means there's a part of the audience that really only likes Retro Rewind. And then there's the other part of the audience that's like, nah, I like the big games. And that's fine. But we're going. To, what we're going to do is we're just going to up and move Retro Rewind over to a different st- uh, podcast name. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to make another podcast called No More Sages. And if you know that in joke, good on you, old chum. And we're just going to do retro rewinds on that podcast. Um, since we now have to fill in a little more episodes, we are going to do, you know how we do the, uh, through the years once for every year. Now we pretty much have to double it. So we are going to do two cycles per year. With some added caveats of, like, if you pick an NES game for 1987, you can't pick an NES game for your second go at 1987. That kind of thing. Just to try to keep things fresh. Um, we would like to try to release this at the first of the year and start this up. Um, it may be a little later than that, depending on if, if we can get all our ducks in a row and all that nonsense. Because, well, we both have families and it's Christmas, which is not necessarily the least stressful time of the year. Uh, so for the bit effect, we're still going to release two big episodes a month, but unless they're two parters, that's going to be it. So it'll just be like two big episodes a month, unless there's like two, two parters, and then we'll have a full month worth of episodes. Uh, if you feel one way or the other towards this, let us know. You can do it at the bit effect.com at Gmail at Twitter at Habo Hotel? <laughs> oh Craig my god, I'm, on there? I'm gonna make a Habo Hotel account for us. <laughs> um, Craig has been super silent because I sprung this all on him. Uh, he had nothing to do with the planning of this whole thing, Your Honor. Uh, it was just me. Um, thanks for chiming in, Craig. It really means a lot. No, it's quite, it's, sure. I, yeah, I am excited for this because we get to just kind of do one thing I like things being organized i like my books in alphabetical order you know i like not having any games i just like everything i like everything set and splitting it off makes sense because it saves me doing hyphen retro rewind when it's a right you don't you don't know what you're going to be listening to apart from that so it it does make sense i love it uh plus this does make it a little bit since we've started getting um more 
requests. This does make it a little easier for us to be like, okay, we can rejigger the schedule here because we don't have to try to squeeze it in between two retro rewinds kind of thing. So if you still have requests for main bit effect games or retro rewind games, which aren't going to be called retro rewind because there are literally 9,000 things on the internet named retro rewind. Everything from cars to movies to magazines to old pizza dough? I don't know. Uh, they're all called Retro Rewind. So that's why we went with the name No More Sages, but we'll have a link uh, in case you're like, I can't understand what you're saying. You talk too fast, you stupid New Yorker. Um, so other than that, uh, thank you very much for listening. We, what? Uh, uh, something else, but it's actually something for after. Sorry, carry on. Just remind me straight after we recorded that I need to tell you something. Okay. Okay. All right. So now that's all said and done. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Try not to drink too much. Leave some eggnog for grandma. You know, the usual stuff. And we will catch you next time on Ghosts and Goblins. Hey!